happening? Oh, now we're live. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. I'm hearing dings. I'm here. I'm here, and I'm uh, I'm in the dungeon. I I don't. Why am I seeing like uh, open walls and studs? It's a a scene out of uh, Silence of the Lambs. Is this the garage? I'm in the garage, man. (laughs) This is wonderful. It's late at night. Everyone's home. I don't want them to know what's going on. Now I can talk at full volume, and you can't make fun of me. You're going to talk at full volume. What if the neighbors hear you? Um, well, that's fine, man. Look at that thing. That garage is better insulated than my uh, basement. That's just what I've been doing all day. Can't all take a month off on vacation like you and uh, do whatever, man. Someone's yeah. got to do stuff around the house, watch the kids. Yeah. Are are those support beams made of marble? What is what's going on there? They're uh, fancy. They're six by sixes instead of two by fours. <laughs> it has its own uh, two-ton air conditioner just for the garage. Yeah. Man, uh, that is nice. So how's your vacation going? Uh, you know, summer, George. Pretty good. Pretty laid back. Um, not much going on. When are you back to work? Soon. Next week, I think. I think. You'll have to check on that for After me. After next week? Uh, you got to check on it for me. Holy shit. Is that life, life of Riley here, man? Can you, like, you talk about life of Riley. What happened to you last week when uh, Friday rolled around? Uh, no show. No STC phone. <laughs> I forgot about it completely. And then I didn't have my cell phone. So I, 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 I left my cell phone in my brother's car on Friday. Forgot it. He went away for the weekend. Uh, he comes back Sunday night, and I'm... My phone's inundated with messages from Bill saying, uh, you're right, man. Do I need to come look for you? Send a search party or anything? Of course, you didn't do anything, so I could have been dead for three days. And... <laughs> I was close to doing something, but luckily I didn't because you would have been angry. Yeah, you know what? I completely forgot about that episode. And uh, was I supposed to post it? Oh, was I? Well, if anyone heard it. I don't know. Who's got more free time? <laughs> you do because you're at work. <laughs> now I was sitting at home on the Friday morning uh, like watching cartoons in the morning with the kids or something and uh, Captain Canuck sent a tweet Cartridge Canuck saying uh, yeah I call him Captain uh, what did he say on the Twitter it said uh, you know where's my STC pod and showing a picture of his empty iTunes with no new episode <laughs> what did you do and I just thought I just laughed I'm like oh there he, is. he wants us to do two episodes a week I thought it was Thursday <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. Then a few hours went by, and I like just sat up in the chair. Went, oh my god, it's Friday. Where the hell's Joe? Where's it? Yeah. No answer from Joe. So scrambling for the next, I don't know, four hours creating artwork, ripping the audio, quality right. control. Did you re-listen to it? Well, I had to, uh, you know, spot check it here and there. Well, there's no you way know. you could have corrected it. <laughs> and that's not what we do. <laughs> anyway, it got up. It got up. I don't know how many listeners we lost, but it got up there. And then uh, I couldn't get a hold of you. Uh, you you were completely blacked out in a no zone. I thought I don't know what happened to you. I didn't like the. Yeah, that's not like me, is it? The uh, organization has finally you know come to you looking for dues, and uh, it went bad. Like what? The Argentinians finally came to me and uh, 
wanted me to pay up, right? Yeah, no, that was weird. But you know what? It was kind of liberating not having the phone with me for three days. It was just like, this is awesome. I bet. Well, Unfortunately, yeah. my, uh, my wife was still home, so... <laughs> Not liberating enough. Someone was still telling me what's something to do, aside from you. Well, we had uh, the guest on, the projectionist from the Regent Theater, and I think everyone liked that episode. Yeah, I've had a couple of good comments about it. I think they were surprised. It's uh, they. I had, uh, one of the comments a uh, guy told me was he, he thought it was going to be like a boring episode, and he was completely enthralled by it. So you don't oh. hear many you don't hear many people talking about that or getting like behind the scenes of what it used to be like as to what it is now, especially with, like, those smaller independent theaters. Yeah, well, what's cool is this week I ended up in Prince Edward County at the theater with the projectionist, and he took me uh, behind the scenes, so I got loads of photos coming. Nice. From the projection room, from the sub-basement. Did you get to take anything home? Hmm, I can't say. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> no, I took nothing home, but the, the offer's out there for a poster or two in the future. Yeah. But, uh, well, I figured of, at least you could get that. Lots of photos to come, lots of cool stuff to look at. So, and, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything else going on? Uh, we can save that for later, man. It's no big deal. All right, it's, this is like a STC pod, the first ever. We have uh, two weeks in a, in a row, a guest. Well, hold on. Let's do the intro. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's tell the listeners what they have in store. Why don't we surprise them? I, I thought we it. went over this already, man. <laughs> you know how the show works. No, I don't. I just go by whatever you're doing. Well, Okay. Right, Get on. your arm up in the air. Start Here your rapper stuff. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in, and welcome to another podcast episode of Start to Continue. My name is Joe, and with always is with me, the man who feeds me when there are no leftovers to bring him to work. He's the kind of guy you can hug and squeeze all you want, but pretend he doesn't like it, but he secretly wants more. And he's the man who doesn't eat seafood because it tastes fishy. He's my co-host, Bill. Most of that's true. Hello. As I've mentioned before, we really appreciate our loyal listeners week in and week out tuning in, but uh, if this is your first time checking us out, here's a brief rundown of what uh, we're all about. STC Pod is a free-form conversation show hosted by Bill and myself where we riff back and forth with one another and occasionally with a special guest on anything and everything that's interesting to us, ranging from video games, movies, news, TV shows, anything else that goes on in the microcosm universe that is our lives. Uh, You can find and follow us in the following places. On Twitter, at STC Pod. That's the account that Bill handles for us. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, at AC Decepticon. You can check out the Start to Continue website at www.stcpod.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash start to continue. You can also find our episodes at starttocontinue.podomatic.com. And we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can follow my blog at www.angrycanadiandecepticon.blogspot.ca where you can also listen to my other podcast of Transformers and Beer. And now on with the show. Wow. Stellar. Stellar read, Joe. There we go. Have a drink. Should I move forward now? It's all yours, man. I would like to welcome a man of such high stature in the community. I had no idea we could book him on the show. Um, 
He's the bane to Buried on Mars. He's that itch that Kevin can never quite reach. He is none other than P1 of Cartridge Bros. <laughs> How are uh, you doing, sir? I'm excellent, thank you. I, uh, I'm glad you said that uh, you, were, you weren't sure to be able to book me and didn't mention that I strong-armed myself onto your episode tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be sending the address where you can send payment. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Your, uh, your podcast is one of my favorites uh, to listen to. It's, uh, it's one of the few that uh, weekly I, uh, I try and keep up with the, the latest one, where other ones I have to wait because they're, you know, seven and a half hours long. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Great. Thank you for that. That is awesome. Um, we really want to get you on because uh, I want to get the uh, collector aspect of you. Rather, you know, we obviously talk about your game stuff on every other million podcasts you do. <laughs> How many podcasts have you been on? Uh, we've done, obviously, the Cartridge Club. Um Retro Fandango. We were the first guests on NARC. Um, we did uh, Ladies of the Roundtable. That was a podcast we did when our channel was very new. I think... Oh, uh, Hivecast. Jeez, um, <laughs> I don't want to forget one. I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> If if I was on your show and I don't and I'm and I'm forgetting it, I'm really sorry. Oh retro! Oh shit! Uh, retro rejects. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, they uh, helped launch us into the the stratosphere of uh, far east coast Canadian uh, NES fan collecting um, internet personalities. <laughs> so wow. it's a small market. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so. That's it. And now SDC podcast. Well, there you go. The, be the best, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. You've got. You've can put that moniker on the top shelf. I'm actually done after tonight. I'm retiring my podcasting uh, cleats, and uh, I'll only be doing our own shows. <laughs> uh, well, nothing beats the uh, the rows you get into with uh, Kevin from Buried on Mars. Yeah, those are good fun. Uh, my brother actually mentioned to me today because he was listening to one of our especially heated Amiibo episodes today. <laughs> and he was like, uh, are you and Kevin still friends? <laughs> but uh, we have a good time because we both know that uh, I, I, you know, that's, it's all in good fun. We don't, uh, there's no ill will between us. Uh, a good argument is good, good radio. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If I was on with you guys, I would just shout out Amiibo and put my headphones <laughs> down for a while. Make I think Rambox does that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to well, if there's anyone left out there who doesn't know about the Cartridge Club or the Cartridge Bros, is there a quick way you could summarize what you guys have been up to? It's a, uh, it's a book club for gamers. So uh, every month we pick a different game, and we invite all of our friends and all of our listeners uh, to play along with us. At the end of the month, we record a podcast, and we select three of the people who have played along that month to be on the show. Uh, we've been really lucky so far. We've had amazing guests every month. Uh, we haven't yet had a, a debacle where we had to drop a whole show because somebody was a complete bag of shit, you know, like, so it's been really good, and uh, we love it. It's uh, been a great way for us to make new friends and interact and talk about games. Yeah, it's definitely a fun way to pick up an old game that you haven't touched before for 
whatever reason and uh, get back into it and rediscover it or discover it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Joe? <laughs> Joe? Absolutely. He's, yeah, doing a, he's busy doing a crossword puzzle over there. No, I'm just taking <laughs> some notes. Some notes. How um, did you find the uh, last cartridge club game to go? Um, the Resident Evil 4? No, the, 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 is it the current one you're doing now? Oh, Mario Sunshine. Play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we record that show tomorrow, so there won't be any overlap, I don't think, in when these come out. So I'm happy to say that uh, it was probably the worst game I've ever experienced. You mean just yourself playing it? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, Did you uh, find there was less of a turnout for that? Or or can you think of a game where you had, like, maybe we, we less... Usually... Sorry? No, go ahead. Go I was going to say, we usually get the lower turnout for the RPGs, just because they're a bigger time commitment, I think, and uh, they're not as accessible, I would say. Um, if you're an RPG fan, it doesn't matter how long the game is. You love RPGs, you're going to play them. But for those people who are not regular RPG fans, it's harder to get them to pick one up. Whereas if RPGs are your main style of game, um, you are used to playing platformers and action adventure and stuff like that. So you, people, those those guys generally don't mind. I'm not saying RPG fans have more open minds, but we do. Because the standard <laughs> RP, standard RPG usually takes about, would you say, about 60 hours to complete. Uh, depends on the system. I mean, some of your older ones, you're looking at 20 hours, like NES, Super NES, stuff like that. Uh, 20 to 25 hours usually. Um, depending on how much grinding you do. Side missions in and all that. And yeah. I don't then, me completing it 100 percent, but like say around 70, 75 percent. Yeah, you, you're looking at a long time. 60 hours would be a, a reasonable amount to spend on an RPG, and to get that done in a month, that's hard to do, especially for, for a lot of adult gamers that we have. And did did you finish Sunshine though? No, no. I don't finish most of the games. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a firm believer that if I'm not having fun, I'm not playing it. Um, I walk out of movies. I, uh, I, I stop playing games when they stop being fun. I, uh, I've gotten up and left actual softball tournaments that I was playing in because it just was not fun anymore. So <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not enjoying myself, I'm, why am I doing it? You know what I mean? I'm not that much into S&M that I'm going to force myself to play a game with ganky controls and a terrible camera. Uh, there's stories of Joe walking off golf courses in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Only happened once. <laughs> After chucking a club into what? Water or the bushes? And then walking yeah. off. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So you know what I'm talking about. If it's not fun, why force yourself to do it, right? Yeah, Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, so that's my main, my main fault. Uh, yeah, I have that. Uh, when it comes to... Uh, to work and uh, life outside of my hobby, I'm uh, I'm pretty. I hold myself to a high standard. That's that's why I'm the best at what I do. Isn't the best part of that golf story, Joe, is that you drove off the course in anger, and of course you left your partner stranded without a golf cart. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I left the golf cart. I got the marshal to drive me back to the parking. Oh right, you had the marshal come and give you a so, ride. What, yeah. Like, were you just, you were shooting poor that day, or? It's uh, it's one of the harder courses uh, in the area where we live, and yeah, I was just, I'm self, I'm a self-taught golfer, so I, I did, uh, yeah, it was about nine holes, and I said, enough is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, when you're not having fun, then really, what's the point? And, exactly, uh, I mean, life's well. too short, right? Like. No, there's no excuse to walk off a golf course, leave your buddies, this, that's crazy talk, crazy. Ah. Certain 
type. Are of you surprised, Bill? Come on. No, I'm not surprised, <laughs> of course. But <laughs> oh man. Anyways, um, I wanted to get back to the collector aspect of P1. Um, like we said, you talk about video games all the time. I want to talk about your uh, collection of vi video games and how it goes about. And I think from now on, we're going to try this questionnaire. We're going to submit to our guests who are collectors. It'll be the same questions every time, but it'll give us an idea of, of your respect towards your collection. And uh, since you're the first guest to get it, you're the first one to hear the questions. Exciting. Don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. First, first questions. Well, this is, uh, of course, it's, um, you know, based from inside the actor's studio, James uh, Lipton, when he does that questionnaire oh, at the I end. I love that show. By uh, Bernard Pivot. Yeah, cocksucker, by the way, is my favorite curse word. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we'll just get right to that. Okay. Um, and there's Joe. And uh, but our, my uh, this questionnaire is stolen from uh, Record Collector magazine. It's a different genre, but same kind of ideas. So the first question is easy. What do you collect, and why? Uh, I collect all video games from all generations back as far as the NES up to current day uh, PS4, Wii U. No exclusions. No. And how big is your collection? Not as large as uh, a lot of people's, because I collect differently. Um, I have somewhere probably in the range of, I would say, 500 games or so, um, and all of the consoles uh, that are covered in that span as well, except for the super rare ones. How and where do you store it? Uh, I bought a house specifically with four bedrooms so that I could uh, have a games room. So we technically have three bedrooms and a room that was my office, uh, but it's my games room, so all of my games are located in there, and I'm in the process of getting more shelving because I've run out of space. And all I, the uh, shelves. The quest yeah. for shelves. Oh, man, it seems like it's a never-ending battle. <laughs> and it's you, I buy enough for what I have, and then I forget that I'm going to buy more games tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. What is the rarest, most unusual, or most valuable item you have? Uh, is uh, Sweet Code 2 for PlayStation 1. I think that retails or uh, sells on uh, eBay in the uh, 150-plus range. Um, that's, I would say that's probably the most valuable one that I have uh, without doing an actual thorough search of all my games. I have some Saturn games that are pretty expensive, but I think that's the number one. And the, the, the most uh, unusual item I have is uh, when A Link Between Worlds came out, there was a, a cardboard standee that you had at EB Games that stands about uh, two feet high, and I managed to um, snake myself one of those from a local EB Games. It's, uh, I kind of really enjoy that piece. We'll have to come back to that story. <laughs> uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm ready for the next one. What gem are you still looking for? Uh, what gem am I still looking for? What's my the one that eludes me still? Hmm. I don't. You know what? I've actually got most of the ones that are like big on my want list. I have attained. Um, lately, I've been keeping my eye out for Castlevania One on the NES. Um. But like as far as games that mean a lot to me, I, I'm pretty sure I've I've gone I've got, I've recollected 
all of the games that meant a lot to me that I really wanted to have in my collection. So if I had to stop today, I, I would be okay. Well, that's perfect. You won then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what What's given you the biggest ever thrill? Uh, my brother and I were at a local flea market. Uh, in our area, prices can sometimes be a little wonky on the high end. And there was a, a guy there who's a reseller. He sets up there every week. Um, who was We were at his booth looking through his games, and he wanted uh, $10 for common sports titles and stuff like that. So we weren't going to purchase anything. And an older gentleman and his daughter came in and said, uh, I have three boxes full of games and consoles that my son left. He uh, went out west and stiffed me with a, a large insurance bill. Uh, so I'm selling his stuff to pay it off. Are you interested in it? And uh, the, the reseller was like, well, you know, without knowing what you have, I can't really make an offer. So the guy said, how about $100? Uh, and the reseller was like, well, yeah, can you tell me anything that's in it? And he was like, oh, there's a gun. And he sort of described a long gun. Uh, and the guy said, well, I can do that, but you'll have to bring it back to me. And the, the, the gentleman lived farther away. So him and his daughter uh, went to walk around the flea market more. The reseller said, yeah, I'll take it. So we went out into the parking lot, and I was I was gutted. Um, I was like, this guy's going to get this. It's going to be three boxes full of gems and treasures, and this son of a bitch is going to jack the prices up, and it's going to suck. And our mother was with us, uh, and she said, watch your mouth. And then she said, why don't you go talk to him and uh, tell him you'll buy it from him. And I was like, I can't just walk up to this guy. I'm a, like, I'm a stranger. She was like, just do it. So Buddy comes out into the parking lot right after that. Uh, and so Mark and I approached, P2 and I approached him, and uh, I said, how you doing? Uh, my brother and I are collectors. Uh, through the course of time of a flood and a house fire, we've lost most of what we had, and we're trying to get it all back. We heard you say you had some stuff for sale. Um, we would be willing to drive to your house so you don't have to come all the way back in here, uh, and we would give you the same price for it. And I said, we're not psychos. I said, that's our mother. I'm in the military. My brother <laughs> works at a hospital. Like we, We're good people. Um, what do you think? You know, would you be interested in that? And he said, yeah, I don't got to come back here. Come on out. So we drove out there. The whole drive there, I'm convinced it's like three boxes full of gold. You know what I mean? It's going to be the best of the best. And my brother is the whole way going, it's going to be a bunch of Cabela's and Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters. It's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get out there, and there's three 177-liter Rubbermaid containers uh, packed at the, at the doorway ready to go. And uh, P2 opens up the top of the first one. And sitting on top was uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day and Metroid Prime. And uh, he closed the lid and he said, yeah, we'll take it. And he picked it up and he walked up to the car before I even paid the guy. <laughs> so we paid him. Um, we, the whole drive home, I was shaking. Uh, we almost had to pull over so my mother could drive. Uh, and we called uh, my girlfriend at the time and his fiance and told them to meet us at our parents' house so we could record uh, the pickup. It was the, the one and only pickup video that Cartridge Bros had ever done. And uh, so for $100, we had these three ever-made bins. And it, it, um, just some of the highlights, Conker's Bad Fur Day, uh, a Dreamcast, two Genesis, two, two PlayStation 1s, a Sega Master System, uh, four copies of Zelda and uh, uh, Adventures of Link. Um, it, we, we, we priced it all out. It worked out to be about $1,300 worth of stuff. Oh, my God. Um, for 100 bucks, Games, like stacks and stacks of games. And uh, it was the best find we'd ever... And the guy, I'm kicking myself, because the guy said to me, do you know anybody who collects sports cards? Because i got three bins full of sports cards that I'll let go for $100. And I was like, no, I don't know anybody who would want those. 
But uh, it was a pretty big deal. We put the video up, and I think I've since taken it down because we'd spend a lot of time bashing resellers <laughs> in the video. <laughs> so uh, I didn't want to hurt, you know, be a be that guy. But it was that was our biggest our biggest pickup and the thrill that driving home that day, like my whole I could feel my rib cage shaking with the excitement. And he, he kept sneaking peeks into the boxes because we weren't. He, I was like, "Stop looking! Don't tell me what's in there." <laughs> it was a pretty big day. But I think that video is still up. It's just uh, unlisted now, so if anybody wants to see, and we go through everything that's in the boxes in the video. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it was. That's such an amazing story. I think we've all been in a buy and sell store and witnessed someone come in and get lowballed with something and just wanted to interrupt the transaction and say, listen, buddy, yeah. let's, go, and that's, let's just go outside. Yeah, like we, I mean, we didn't feel sleazy about it because we, we don't sell games. I don't, I don't sell my games, you know? If I have extras or I have games that I don't want, I give them away. Like, I have sent boxes of games to friends. Um, I consider it like game karma, you know? Um, if if I send good things out into the into the world in the form of games that the people that want them, good things will happen to me, and it did. It's I, I find I I gave away I sent a game a box of games to uh, Rambox. Two weeks later, a buddy at work gave me a copy of Earthbound. Just oh. gave it just gave it to me. So wow, the game karma is a real thing, folks. You got doubles, don't sell them. Just uh, give them away to your friends. You're starting a new <laughs> religion. <laughs> You're right, the yeah. new Scientology. <laughs> yeah, Elrond wow. P1. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. How do you track stuff down? Uh, mostly through um, online. Um, where I'm at now, where the things that I want are so specific, because I don't, I don't collect everything. I don't just go out and buy. Um, there's, I have a list of games that I want, and if a game's not on that list, I don't buy it. Um, so because I'm no longer looking for the big massive sets anymore, just amassing games just to have games, um, it's more specific. So a lot of my searching is done online, and I'm really lucky uh, the guys at Video Game Heaven in uh, Virginia Beach and uh, Chesapeake, they, uh, they post on their Facebook when they get good, good pickups in, and uh, I, uh, I get hooked up from them quite a bit via the mail. That's how I track things down now. The, uh, the days of driving around to yard sales, every now and then we'll do it, but it's, uh, it's not as much fun for me now um, because I find that it's, there's less there. Yeah, for sure. Well, that leads into the next question. What's your favorite game shop? Uh, it, locally, it would be Last Game Store. Um, he has a, a, a great rule. He doesn't charge any more than $50 for a used game. Um, so, uh, Strawberry Pain from uh, the NARC podcast got um, uh, Dinosaur Peak there, the Flintstones Dinosaur Peak game in box, which is like a $1,500 game um, for 50 bucks. Uh, and that's that's where I got my sweet coding too. Um, it's a great rule, and if everybody had that rule, the, the market would be at a reasonable price. Um, and abroad, it's video game heaven, because... There's two locations, and the, the staff is fantastic, and their prices are also really, really good. Uh, they're located in uh, Virginia. So it's a tie between those two. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, how often do you play the games in your collection? <laughs> I'm guessing all the time. All the time, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually watching my missus play Splatoon right now. <laughs> uh, we were playing Super Mario Brothers 3 a half an hour before recording this. Uh, I have all my consoles hooked up to a Switch box, 
So it's just I don't have to worry about unplugging and replugging. I just have to go down, put a game in, push whatever corresponding number it is, and away I go. And I play them quite frequently. Excellent. Is there a visual side to your collection? Uh, I don't know what that means. Are you just uh, collecting to play, or do you, is there a display uh, component oh, to your collection? There is a display component. Uh, I, uh, I, I buy the, uh, the Universal Game Cases, and I print off the labels from the cover project, um, and they look really good when they're all lined up and the labels are all the right size. They're all the same style, and it uh, it does turn me on a little bit. Uh, sometimes I just stand in there with no pants on, and just look at my games. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there stuff there that you just got uh, to display and not to play? Um, it's probably another way to put it. Okay, yeah. There's uh, um, well, although I have used them all, uh, the Amiibo collection uh, is mostly on for display. I bought a, a nice display case for them, and those are that's sort of a a focal point in my games room. It's they're behind locking, essentially behind locking key in a glass case, and that would be very visual. And then posters uh, are all over the walls, um, so a lot of that stuff. But as far as the games go, if I'm not going to play it, I'm not going to own it. Nice, excellent. You hear that, Joe? Bill, if I can just jump in there. Uh, if you want, you said you you print off your your game uh, covers and whatnot. Are you a completionist at all with any of your games or any? Do you have like a certain favorite game that you have it, you know, box instructions and all that, or do you just buy basically like the loose cartridges to play? I actually look for loose cartridge because um, anybody who buys games now, you guys both know, the price of cardboard is ridiculous. There are some games where the box itself is worth more than the game. Um, I do have a few games that are complete in box that I received as gifts from friends, uh, and I will keep them that way. I won't uh, get rid of that cardboard. But uh, as far as my favorite game, it would have to be Final Fantasy II. If there was going to be a game that I was going to go out to seek out for complete in box with manual on the maps, it's gonna, it would be Final Fantasy II. Right now, I have just the the cart um, in the in the case. But they look they look really sharp when they're all lined up together. Um, mm. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture there at some point. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's as far as boxes go, I, I can't justify the price, the cost. It's just uh, it's just way too high for me. Okay, we're on our way. Only three questions left. We're this is some, a lot of fun. We're getting to some heavy <laughs> ones here. Now, how will you eventually dispose of your collection? I'm going to be buried with it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daughter is 13 years old, and uh, she is the spitting image of me. She, uh, she has all of her games that I bought her since she was a child on a shelf in her bedroom. Um, she takes care of her stuff just the same way I do with mine. And when eventually I pass, because I will never sell them, I will never part with them myself. Uh, it's happened once already, and uh, it's because they're not just games, right? They're memories. They're parts of my childhood. They're experiences with my brother. I've become so close, so much closer now with my brother since we've started collecting games in the channel and the podcast. I can't imagine giving away. It'd be like giving away a piece of me. So I will keep them until I pass away, and then I will pass them on to my daughter. Got me all choked up there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I, she might sell them for drugs. I don't know if she's going to do with them, but uh. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your all-time favorite game, regardless of value or rarity? Final Fantasy II, Super Nintendo, uh, four in North America. Or sorry, four in Japan. Um, it is. 
it's the first RPG that I, I I know I played other RPGs, but it's the first one that I remember beating. Um, it's the first real time I remember playing a game and, and really getting into a story. My first crush happened in that game. I learned about being. I learned about uh, the truth in that game. I learned about betrayal. I learned about forgiveness. Uh, and I, I have played that game more than any other game ever. Wow. What a great promo for that game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, final question of our collector's questionnaire. What is your biggest regret? Uh, my biggest regret is um, not keeping the stuff that we had when we were kids. There's a lot of stuff that we have to rebuy now that is really expensive that uh, when we were kids just... Uh, I don't know what happened to it. We It's just gone. Um, whether our parents got rid of it. Now, my mother keeps everything, so I can't imagine she would have. Or I know for a fact I sold Final Fantasy, the original one, for $10 uh, in 1999 for a pack of smokes. Um, <laughs> so there's a chance that uh, some of it's gone that way. But we had a, a pretty hefty Super Nintendo collection that uh, I may have took it to a friend's house and left it. I, I don't know what we don't know what happened to it. That would be my biggest regret. Not knowing, not keeping a tr better track of our stuff from, as kids. But yeah, I think we can all relate to that. Mm. That's it for the collector's questionnaire. Thanks a lot, P1. That was awesome. That's a great questionnaire. I can't wait to hear your other guests' answers. That's uh, a lot of fun. I can't wait to put Joe through it, too, one day. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you collect? Everything. <laughs> oh, only if I could afford it. Jeez. Are there, uh, P1, are there many uh, conventions in your area that you go to? No, there's there's one called HalCon. It's, uh, the actual tagline is a science fiction, anime, gaming, nerd culture, geek festival. Um, so they don't really know what the fuck they're... It's all over the place. So it's like a uh, mishmash of like uh, pretty much 80s, 90s kind of stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, some of the guests are usually pretty good there, but three years ago they had a debacle with tickets where they uh, didn't sell day-specific tickets, so if you bought it, everybody showed up on Saturday. Nobody could get in. It was like a four-hour wait, uh, and it, it happens here in October, November, so it's cold. And uh, I was left standing on the side with a ticket to get in. I couldn't get in, and I was like, I'm done with this. Because there's only... The vendor floor only ever had a couple of game uh, deals, game dealers there. And uh, it, it wasn't worth the hassle for me. I don't... I'm not into steampunk. I'm not going to go... Uh, it's just... It's too much all over the place for me. I mean, it's cool to go see like the cosplay and stuff, but it's not... It's not focused enough on games for my liking, and I don't like enough of the generic other stuff. Do you ever have you traveled outside of your uh, <coughs> uh, your location to go to these kind of conventions or anything like that? Because I know for my uh, Transformer collections or conventions, uh, you know, like TFCon, which is the biggest one that happens in Toronto, there'll be people that come from all over, you know, for the four-day weekend event. Have you ever traveled further than uh, where you are to go to these things or make an event out of it? I uh, I happened to be in Montreal once for the Montreal Comic Con, and that was a wild ride. That was a great like, what an amazing time that was. They uh, that was really well done. It's 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 great when you go to a convention that's really focused and they know what they're doing. Like, and that one was really well put together. So I've been to that one. Um, we want to go to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, but it's a nine hundred plus dollar round trip flight for one person from Halifax, Nova Scotia. So that's probably a would like to, but never going to. 
uh, and we plan this January or February, um, whenever it is, to go to MAGFest in uh, northeastern U.S. I'm not sure what state it's in. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's MAGFest? Music and Gaming Festival. So oh. it's, it's games and music, which are two things that I really enjoy. Um, actually, I'm surprised you guys uh, haven't heard of it, because uh, I know you both like music and games. Um, it's, a, it's a huge festival. Uh, the guys from Mark went last year. Uh, Duke and his missus went um, last year, um, and it's it's a really good time. It's been going on for a while. It's got a big gaming focal point, and also a bunch of concerts and stuff like that. Bands that show up. So uh, we're going to go to that this year, and it's close. It's like it's an hour away from where Duke lives, and I'm pretty sure he's in Baltimore because his kids wear Ravens jerseys. So it's in that area. It uh, it would be close enough for you guys, I imagine, to drive. You should come down this year, man. We can have a Cartridge Club uh, SGC podcast sit-in. <laughs> I, I was going to suggest if I didn't realize you were doing something like that already, but maybe next year you could organize like a Cartridge Club, uh, some kind of convention meet where, you know, maybe the people local to where we are and wherever else you've talked to, maybe we can meet up at some kind of convention for the weekend. We have talked about it, um, and it would most likely be at one that is in Toronto, uh, just due to the fact that it's more central for everybody. And then we could crash at Kevin's place. <laughs> <laughs> we'll set it up, and maybe we can do that next year. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't know. Joe won't travel the 20 minutes down the highway to visit me, so I, I don't I don't see how this could happen. <laughs> yeah, but he talks to you every day. You know, this is uh, hanging out with uh, heavy hitters like Dean Lasagna and J Rock. That's a that's a once or twice in a lifetime deal. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, man. So uh, just following you on Twitter. P1. Um, you go under the handle at Cartridge Bros? Correct, yeah. Uh, you're traveling all over, so you are in the military. Yep. In the Navy? Yes, uh, the Royal Canadian Navy. Um, on a big boat? What, can you describe anything about what goes I'm, on uh, there? I'm on a Halifax-class frigate, so it's, uh, as far as boats go, I guess it's on the medium size, I guess you would say. Um... We've got uh, missiles and guns. Uh, we're used for coastal as well as uh, international defense. It's uh, I think the boat's 200 and some odd feet in length. Um, Is it the ones that have the helicopter hangar in the back? Yeah, uh, yeah, the single hangar. There's uh, we have destroyers that have a dual hangar. We have the single hangar. Hmm. So if uh, if you were to Google, I'm actually on the flagship, the HMCS Halifax. So if you were to Google um, Halifax class or just HMCS Halifax, that would be my ship. It's uh, They're a decent size, and uh, it's a crew of about 200 people or so. Um, so um, imagine if uh, you lived and uh, worked with Joe and uh, got to spend three months consecutive with them without getting away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> I'd be having a good time. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, we sleep. What we sleep in is uh, essentially it's like a coffin. It's uh, it's uh, about six and a half feet in length and about uh, four feet in width and about four feet in height. And there's uh, it's a complete metal box and with a curtain on the one side to get in. And right. Out of it. Right. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. I cu I couldn't sleep that way. I don't. I, did it take a while to acclimate to sleeping that way? No, I'm uh, I'm a pretty good sleeper. I come from a long line of sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't have any problem with it, and uh, I I usually sleep 
with my arms crossed uh, on my chest, like my arms crossed in front of me and laying on my chest. Uh, it stops me from moving, and if I throw up at night, I won't uh, choke in my own vomit. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it used to be a fear for my, uh, my no extracurricular activities. <laughs> That's right. Wow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't mind the, the small space. It's, it's hard on the guys that are tall. And uh, as far as I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest guys that sleeps in the racks, and I still have enough room to move around and play games and use my iPad. So for the smaller guys, it must be like living in a Cadillac. Where do you do your gaming when you're there? Uh, we have uh, my trade is uh, a weapons engineering technician, and we own we're responsible for like 87 percent of the actual spaces in the boats where all the equipment is. So we have one of the spaces uh, down in the lower part of the boat where we have uh, a TV set up and a little refrigerator, and I have a Super Nintendo and a Retron three in there. Um, we used to have uh, Xbox 360 and a PS3 in there. But uh, the space recently got reclassified as top secret, so we're not allowed to have anything that can store uh, data in it anymore. Luckily, they had uh, me there to bring in a bunch of uh, retro stuff. Wow. <laughs> and I, I use my uh, 3DS a lot. Didn't you have a GameCube there? Yeah, and there's a GameCube there as well, yes. So are, is, are, is regulations like lax amongst you know uh, your free time? You can When you're like... off, you can do whatever you want. Um, so the way my day works is we sail, it's uh, called one and two, our schedule. So I'm on for five hours, I'm off for five hours. I'm on for seven hours, I'm off for seven hours. Um, so it goes from 7.30 in the morning to 12.30 at noon. Then the next shift, the next, the other, because they, they split us in two, split our department in two. So then the other half uh, goes from 12.30 at noon to 5.30 in the evening. Then I come back on from 5.30 in the evening till 12.30 midnight, and then they come on for... Mid twelve thirty midnight to seven thirty in the morning, and we switch whose turn on who's on the back watch and who's on the, the fore watch. Um, every port we go into. So when I'm off watch now, when I'm off watch, I'm in bed. Um, I call it my time machine because I get in there, I close my curtain, um, I either read a comic or I play a little bit of a game, and then I go to sleep. I essentially sleep twelve, ten to twelve hours a day when I'm sailing, uh, and then when I'm up working. Uh, if my my job is I, I fix the gear and I, I do uh, maintenance on it to maintain it, so if it's not broken, I've got nothing to do, uh, and I'm very good at my job, so it's not often broken for long, even when it is broken. So when I'm on watch, uh, if I have nothing to do, my time is my own, so I get a lot of gaming in when I'm on watch. Hmm. How long have you been uh, been a sailor? Uh, seven years. It was seven years on June nineteenth. Hmm. So, is it anything like we see in the movies, where you know the officers are always yelling at the subordinates, and everyone's you know? Have you whatever. seen uh, Battleship with uh, Taylor Kitsch and Rihanna? <laughs> yeah, it is just like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's nothing like uh, it's nothing like the movies. Um, uh, the Canadian Navy, anyway. We're I'm on a first name basis, but just to put everybody, um, the rank doesn't matter because we live together. You know what I mean? We're all. It's not. You can't be at work all day long every day and then be at home and still be at work. So it's very relaxed. Uh, we get along very well. Um, there's no yelling. There's no screaming. They talk to us. They treat us like adults. If they say something stupid, we tell them they said something stupid. Um. Yeah. So I mean, if somebody is. Uh, 
for lack of a better term, a fuck-up, um, they do get squared away pretty quickly, and then it can be a little more harsh, but it's not like uh, it's not like the movies. Do you find that's the same for other nations? Uh, it seems that way for a lot of them. Americans are different. They uh, Some of their ships are so big that they actually have, like, uh, turf, where, like, certain, if you live on live and work on 21 deck, you don't go to 16 deck like you. It's like almost separate gangs on some of their aircraft carriers. They've got 2,000 plus people on those. They get, uh, they get pretty rough. And they're, they are a lot more strict than we are, I find. Uh, even with the regulations on like drinking and stuff like that. They don't have any alcohol on their ships. We have really? a bar. Yeah, we have three bars actually on our boat. Yeah, that's uh, through uh, Canadian Armed Services. That's the story I hear. You know, through it all is the drinking. There's always yeah. alcohol somewhere. You know? They have uh, they have pulled back on it uh, recently. Um, we're no longer allowed to have alcohol available to us when we're at sea, which a lot of people were upset about. I was in favor of because I don't drink when I'm sailing anyway. Because if something happens, I need to be able to do my job. Um, and if I'm drunk, how can I save somebody's? You know. Like, like, the, like, there are guys who only work 8 to 4, and then they're off until the next day. They're called day workers, and a lot of them would be drunk uh, every night. And a lot of them were our casualty clearers. So if I fall down a ladder and break my arm, the guy's going to patch me up. has been drinking since 5.30. So I was, I'm, I'm very much in support of the no-alcohol, uh, well-at-sea rule. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So are you are you trained in other expertise as well as a backup to the other departments? Uh, so the way it works is uh, you join the military. Everybody goes to basic uh, uh, boot camp, essentially, uh, BMQ, basic military qualification, and you're taught to be a soldier, quote, unquote. So that's where you learn how to shoot uh, the C7, which looks like an M6, it's the Canadian version of an M16. Um, and then um, you learn how to be a, be a soldier, essentially. Then you go to your, your element where you learn how to be a sailor, um, and that's where they teach you how to tie ropes, how to drive uh, the small boats that we have, what to do in case of a, somebody falls overboard, what to do in case of fire and flood. Because of the fact that there's we all live together, we have to be able to fight fires and put out floods, so we're all trained as firefighters and, um, and for flood. Um, and uh, so there's my actual job, which is fixing... Uh, me specifically is missiles and all of the targeting systems, um, and then I also am trained to do firefighting, flood uh, repair, and uh, my I me specifically am the uh, the helmsman for the boat. Whenever we're doing any uh, special or dangerous maneuvers, I uh, I have to go up and drive. Oh, cool! Which isn't that cool. It sounds really cool when I say yeah. it, but uh, the way it works is the officer of the watch tells me what to do when I do it. So he says five degrees to port. I say five degrees to port, and then I turn the wheel five degrees to port. I can't yeah. even. I actually can't even see out the windows. My console is, <laughs> is so high that I can't even see where we're going. You're still That's a guy. Right. Yeah, You're I am a guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about the food? Some days it's really good. Some days it's not. Um, our cooks do their best, but they're cooking for two hundred two hundred plus people every day, and they give us two to three meal options every meal. Um, they are the hardest workers on the boat. Uh, unfortunately, due to the fact that there's so many people they have to feed, there's a lot of deep-fried uh, treats. So it uh, hasn't helped my waistline, but luckily Canadian uh, military uniforms go up to size 60. 
Uh, they not, all, uh, go ahead. The kitchen's always running, though, right? There's always food there's happening. Always. Yeah, there's never a time when it's not. There's a meal at 7.30, or a meal at 7, breakfast. There is soup at 10. Um, there is lunch at 12, or 11.15 and 12, and 1. Um, and then there is uh, supper at 5, and then again at 6. And then there is uh, a late meal at 11, and then there is what they call Stoker's Breakfast, because there's guys whose watches start at 3 a.m., and they get another breakfast at 3 a.m. Hmm. The cooks are like they're flat out. If you ever know of anybody who's talking about getting into the military and they're going to be a cook, tell them not to, because they are the hardest working guys. With the least, that, nobody ever says the food's good. The food's always terrible, is what they always say. They're always complaining that it's not done well enough or it's not what they want. Uh, they get there. I do not envy them at all. And I, every time I get the opportunity to, I tell them thank you because without I, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Is there still a different, like, an officer's mess? And, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah, so there's, there's three messes. That's why there's three bars. There's one for the master seamen and below. That's all your working bodies. Um, then there's the chiefs and petty officers. And then there's the uh, the ward room, it's called, and that's the, the officers. They get the goods. Uh, we all eat the same. They, oh. uh, we all get the same food. Um, the only difference is uh, our bar is cash, the chief CPOs, and the award room is on a tab. Just comes right off their paycheck, which I guess could be dangerous if you uh, if you don't pay that much attention to what you're drinking. Absolutely. Are you constantly on maneuvers with other nations, or are you not constantly? We... But we we do it a lot. Um, we were doing some submarine trials um, just early in your first part of August. We have a, a very large exercise coming up September 8th. Are you um, talking with Canadian subs? Yep. How yep. are our subs doing? Our sub <laughs> <laughs> is uh, one of the quietest in the world. Um, and that's not just because it, it doesn't move. <laughs> it, uh, no, they're really good. They, uh, we were doing an exercise there, and we were supposed to be protecting another ship. So we were sailing along beside them. And uh, the sub that was with us uh, went underneath us, surfaced between us and the ship we were supposed to protect, launched a torpedo at them, sunk them, resubmerged, went back under us, sailed away to the horizon, and then radioed us from the horizon to tell us what they had done. <laughs> and we had no idea the whole time. So uh, they're, and they're really good. Um, they are having a hard time right now, uh, but they're supposed to be getting this one looks good. This one was out for a week. With no issues, so hopefully <laughs> a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is cool to hear because you know you got to consider the the submariners that they can't, they can't have much practical training because there's not you yeah. know a submarine fleet. It's uh, I think a lot of them signed signed on to be submariners because of that fact. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's only so many subs. They're not really going out anywhere. It uh, sometimes. We don't always make purchases that make sense. I think there's a rule in Canada that a certain percentage of our, our purchases have to be either from either built in Canada or from a Commonwealth nation, and that's not cost effective. Like we're currently in the process of getting a bunch of new ships. Right. That uh, it's a multi-billion-dollar project. It's going to take them somewhere in the range of ten years to get them to us, and we need them right now. And countries like Vietnam and the Netherlands and France build ships and sell them in a matter of months. 
Um, Britain bought three new aircraft carriers, one that they built themselves in Britain, two that they outsourced from France. They already have received the two from France. They are still working on the plans for the one that they're building themselves. So, uh, like, we don't have a, we currently don't have an active tanker. Our tanker is not allowed to sail in international waters because it doesn't have a dual hull, um, and it can't sail at all now, period. So we are reliant on other nations to refuel at sea, and it's really frightening um, because it's a capability we need to have ourselves. We could lease two, two tankers from the States uh, for 10 years for, I think it was, a tenth the cost of building our own. And yet we are still building our own. So, Is there uh, a certain limit to how far you go out to sea? No, uh, we'll be in, uh, I have been as far as midway across the Atlantic now, and as of uh, November, or October this year, I will be in Europe. But uh, yeah, we go, we go across, we just use, like I have, uh, I've refueled with uh, a ship from the Netherlands, um, which is really cool. So we just use other countries to get out there. What's your longest duration that you've been out to sea? Uh, Mine is, I think, 15 days. Hmm. I have had the unfortunate uh, benefit of being posted to ships that were doing trials for the new helicopter uh, twice. So we're getting Cyclone helicopters. I think they talked about that in 1987. Um, (laughs) So uh, my first ship was the HMCS Montreal, and we did uh, trials for that helicopter. And then we did a Great Lakes trip, which is why I was in Montreal for for Comic-Con. And I was lucky we got to do a royal wedding trip, so we picked up Prince William and Princess Kate, sailed them up the St. Lawrence River to Quebec City, and I actually got to meet both of them and talk to them, and that was really cool. She smells like apricots, he smells like money. I'm not sure which one turned me on more. Uh, (laughs) um, So then after that, I went back on my course, because my trade is so technical. It's uh, My first course was two years, my second course was uh, 18 months. Um, So I spent a lot of time at school. And then when I got posted back to a ship, I went to a ship that was doing the same helicopter trials that I had done on the Montreal. Um, so that was frustrating. And now we are finally doing some fun things. We're going over to Europe this fall and then uh, down to Boston this uh, this December. And then in January, we're doing helicopter trials again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I guess so. I love looking at helicopters. <laughs> it's a good time. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, my equipment has to be all turned off for the trials because they're afraid that it will uh, malfunction the helicopter and cause it to crash. So <laughs> during the helicopter trials, I literally play games for twelve hours a day and then sleep for twelve hours a day. That's Joe's life right there. <laughs> Luckily, it's right around the time Xenoblade Chronicles X comes out. So, <laughs> so how are you gonna? How are you working your you know your record schedule with your podcasts and uh, everything else you've got going on? When you're going out to sea for such a long time, you've We're got your uh, weekly uh, not so deep thoughts on YouTube. We uh, we have recorded so because I've been off since August 14th, and I'm off until September 8th. We have recorded six episodes so far of not so deep thoughts to have upload while I'm gone, and P2 is starting a new series as well for the time that I'm gone. Um, where he's going to try and beat games that are supposed to be hard. Uh, sort of ripping off uh, Barrett on Mars' Mars vs. series, 
but we're going to do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get enough of Mars scratching his head first. Oh, man, it's great. Uh, P2 is really... Nice, sweetheart. P2 is really good at, uh, at games. So even games that are supposed to be hard for him aren't... He makes them look easy, and it frustrates me. So, uh, But we're going to try and have enough recorded. And as for the podcast, we're recording September's episode uh, on the first weekend of September as opposed to the last weekend of the month. And then October and November, uh, the my job will be filled by J-Rock. Oh, wow. Yeah, I might be back for November's podcast because I'm back on the 21st. So depending on what the game is, if I've had enough time to determine... Whether or not I can have I can speak about it, I might be on that show as well. But J Rock is definitely doing October um, uh, as the P one job, and they're doing uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Ooh, that's uh, that's a that's one of your favorites, isn't it, Joe? Oh, I hate those games, man. <laughs> super uh, hard, super frustrating. Yeah. Ugh. You see, so you're an RPG man like myself. It, you go through, you play. If you want to just grind for a couple hours, you can grind. Yeah, you uh, know what? I love the submissions. I love doing all that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely the RPG. And I started off with the Final Fantasy series myself, so. Yeah. My love grew from there, and then right now I'm currently playing, uh, I'm still stuck on this uh, Tales of Symphonia series that I picked up. Oh, uh, I bought the uh, HD Collector's Edition and haven't even opened it. <laughs> yeah. Darren, uh, Darren loves it. He says it's great, but uh, P2 told me it wasn't that, wasn't that great. So, hmm. I, I wanted to play it. I wanted to enjoy it. I really. I was just trying it. something different myself because that Final Fantasy, unfortunately, I think it's it's run its course, and I think they need to do some kind of reboot on it. Yeah, I agree. The 13, 12 and thirteen both. Twelve was sort of pushing it for me. Thirteen, yeah. I was just like, this was it was okay, but uh, man, they 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 beat that to death. Uh, have you tried? You have an Xbox 360. Have you tried Lost Odyssey? No, I don't have an Xbox, so. Oh, you don't. No, I'm a PlayStation guy. PlayStation I all you Ontario people had Xbox. No, that's just that's just Bill. <laughs> Joe's too big of a hard head to know what the right technology is. You know what? If I could find an Xbox, uh, well, obviously, if I'm going to buy one, would you recommend buying the the latest one or? I don't know, man. I uh, I just got my first Microsoft console four days ago. It was an Xbox 360. I uh, I didn't have. I was like you. I was Nintendo, PlayStation. That was it. I didn't want to see Microsoft. I didn't want to touch it. I don't play first-person <laughs> games. I'm not a bro. I don't call people dude. Like <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with that. Uh, there's no games on there that I'm gonna play. Anyway, there is six six RPGs on the Xbox 360. They're supposed to be decent. One of them is called Lost Odyssey, and it's made by Sakaguchi. He did the Final Fantasies up to nine, and then he left Square Enix. Oh, wow. P P two played through it. He bought a three sixty. Uh, both of us, neither one of us had owned one. He bought one to play that game, and he said he he marathoned it in a week. He said it was one of the best experiences he's ever had. So I bought uh, I got the original model three sixty with a twenty gig hard drive, um, and I I already own the RPGs that are supposed to be good on that system. So I'm gonna start playing it. I'm off next week, and the missus is working. I'm probably going to play Lost Odyssey next week. Did you get the system at a good cost? Yeah, I got it for uh, 30 bucks. Oh, wow. John Payne. Yeah. Um, it was the system, the hard drive, one controller um, for 30 bucks, and the box. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could find one boxed and complete, I think, now at a pretty decent price. Yeah, you considering, definitely. Considering everyone's switching over to the, the PS1, uh, right? 
Yeah, that's right. Or yeah. PS, uh, sorry, Xbox One. Yeah, PS4. Yeah. Um, P2 got his for sixty bucks, and he got a stack full of games with it. Nice. So I have no doubt, especially in your area, it's a bigger market. You hit GG, man. Um, oh, yeah. And if you yeah. if you want, I get my. I was in EB Games yesterday. They have two copies of the Lost Odyssey. I think it's ten dollars. If you if you want, I will buy one for you and send it out. Yeah, I can just. I'll send you the money on uh, whatever. Nah, I don't worry about it, man. It's ten bucks. That's that's my cost for getting on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's supposed to go to me. <laughs> you guys will have to play nice. <laughs> oh man. Uh, if it was, maybe, if it was maybe, up to Joe, there would be no guests. I can tell you that. Maybe Bill will finally invite me over to his house, and then I could bring the game <laughs> over, and we'll do the marathon. We'll do an all nighter like I used to do back in the old days of finishing games. Uh, weren't those fun, man? Like. Staying up all night, eating cookies, the sun comes up, your eyes get sticky because you're so tired. <laughs> that's how I finished Resident Evil 1. Uh, that's a, such a good game. You know Joe often wakes up sticky from... <laughs> yeah, those were the days. I remember the last time I did that, it, I was with a buddy and we were playing... Uh, I don't know if you play those music games. We were playing uh, Rock Band and I downloaded the Rush Pack. So it was all of the uh, Moving Pictures album. Yeah. And we stayed up all night trying to get through every Rush song on hard. And we kept drinking more and more rum. And we kept getting better as we drank more and the night progressed. <laughs> Playing Rush tunes. It was like uh, Johnny Fever in that WKRP episode. Where, uh, that was a classic was, one. Oh, man. It was great. That was a great time. You must have thought you were Getty Lee by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stand up, but we were somehow getting through those licks. It was crazy. I uh, we played when the first Gran Turismo came out. A friend of mine and I we were, we were I think we were just out of high school. We stayed up all night one night playing it, and he left, and I stayed up and kept playing it. And uh, when you unlock a car, a screen pops up that says you have a new car. Then you go to your garage and get it. I I could have swore that the game actually said the words you have a new car. Um. Like through the speakers of the TV. So the next day when we were playing it, it didn't say it. And I was like, what? No, I totally said that last night. And he was like, it did not. This game has never said that. <laughs> That's uh, That was around the time I realized all-nighters might not be good for me. <laughs> Speaking of racing games, are you are you going to play the Burnout 3? I am. We're going to... P2 and I are going to play it tomorrow and stream it and Friday and stream it. And then... Um, I'll try and get some in next week before I have to record. It's a racing game. I can't imagine I'm going to need that much time to determine whether or not I like it. Oh, you bit, you know. Kevin says it's fantastic. Everybody, everybody says it's really, really good. So uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to trying it. Um, and it's you, a, hopefully a good one to start season three with. Do you have it on the Xbox or the PlayStation? I got it on PS2. Yeah, the Xbox oh. is a lot better with the. Uh, because the uh, triggers are analog, so you can... That's your accelerator uh, from the Xbox. Okay. I'm playing it on PlayStation. That's just how I happened to get it this time, but I remember on the Xbox, it was great. And that's uh, yeah. what showed Sunshine for me, because uh, I I wasn't going to stop playing Sunshine until the end of the month, but I couldn't help I couldn't help but putting Burnout 3 in, just for old time's sake, and I couldn't put it down. It's that good. And that's where Sunshine was, was... I couldn't wait to put it down. <laughs> was it? Was, and Burnout 3, I couldn't put it down. Was your three-word review, disc please fail, was that you? Yep, that was me. <laughs> I was praying for that thing, and it would fail a couple times, and I, as a good gamer, I would give it one wipe off. That was yeah. its chance, and it kept coming back every time with the wipe uh, off. 
Ah. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking, man. That was Nintendo was trying something new, which they're they're good at. They are good at doing things new, but that game was fucking. It wasn't even <laughs> the, like the mechanic, like the flood. The idea of using the flood to clean stuff—that's fun. But the, yeah. It just it it controlled bad. It's a yeah. Nintendo game that doesn't control. It's like it's like I'm in. I was in some fucking bizarro world playing this. Like, <laughs> where am I? I feel like I'm playing a Sonic game. I don't understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not fun. Whereas no. Burnout is just, just instant gratification. That's what every, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I get that when I put it in. I, uh, I really want to be on a show with Kevin where we both like a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a good show at all. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, uh, you guys touched on streaming. You have your uh, house party coming up this weekend, don't you? Yeah, this uh, this Saturday. It's uh, I think I called it the Cartridge Club Playfest. Um, I was gonna call it the Cartridge Club Convention, but that would be lame because there's only like nine people gonna be here. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna set up. Uh, I'm gonna stream my games room, so whatever's on in the games room will be streamed, and whoever's in their planet upstairs, we're gonna have the Wii U. I have the Wii U, the Xbox 360, and the PS3. It'll probably be the Wii U, because there's a Splatoon uh, event going on that weekend. Autobots versus Decepticons. And uh, also, I just found out, one of the guys is bringing an Oculus Rift. What? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, one of the, uh, Real, he was on our Earthbound episode. He, uh, he lives around here, and he's got an Oculus Rift dev kit. He's going to bring that over, so I'm going to try out some VR. Probably throw up on myself, but it's going to be a good time. Yeah, we we are like very very uh, uh, virginal when it comes to Twitch. We uh, are, we don't really know what we're doing there, so we just turn on the stream and hope hope people watch. <laughs> well, you got to work, and that's more than I can do. That's for sure. Uh, well, I, it's, it's through the Elgato. I just hit Twitch. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So in the the play fest, so which floor of the house is the orgy happening? Uh, that'll be in the that's on the that's on the uh, first floor as well, um, and it's uh, down the hallway. That won't be live streamed. <laughs> <laughs> no controllers allowed in there. Yeah. Oh, you can it. have controllers in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sixty-four controllers. You need the extra prongs, right? Oh, <laughs> that, that explains it. Yeah, it's, uh, it should be a good time. Um, I'm hoping anyway. But, uh, have you been? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, by all means. I was going to ask you, have there been any new changes to the uh, Cartridge Club uh, website or community in uh, uh, recent times? There has been. It's uh, not officially announced yet. Uh, I'm just, yeah, so the, 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 the page has changed. Um, this will be the first announcement. It's, uh, you guys are getting the inside scoop here. Uh, <laughs> SGC listeners, you, uh, you're hearing it here first. So the Cartridge Club used to be, uh, the, the website used to be www.cartridgebros.ca, and you can still go there up until uh, September 6th, I think, is when that's going to no longer exist. Um, I will tell you, the new website, I believe, is going to be cartridgeclub.ca, but don't quote me on that yet. Um, I'm still not 100%. Um, but it's, it, instead of just being focused on uh, Retro Fandango, Cartridge Club, and myself and my brother's YouTube channel, we're now branching out to include other podcasts, um, that are that need more that need to be listened to podcasts. You should already be downloading. Um, there's uh, some bloggers that are writing on the site for us, as well as links to other bloggers that we really enjoy. 
and uh, there are uh, links to other uh, YouTubers and their their pages on YouTube. Um, so it's sort of like a like a hidden block or a, uh, a normal boots um, website, but it's Cartridge Club. It's our friends. Uh, it's a spot just where it's easy to go, and you can see all the other clubbers. You can interact as well. The forms we upgraded the forms to the uh, professional version, so now there's unlimited number of uh, posts and stuff like that. And uh, we promoted a bunch of guys to moderator uh, of the site. And we're really excited about it. Uh, Dean has been doing a collector's corner blog where he does uh, one or two posts a day. Um, and it's it's crazy, uh, he, uh, the stuff that he finds. I don't know where, where he goes. Yeah, he's relentless um, with his posts. Yeah. And, yeah, so we're really excited about it. We have all the podcast spots filled. I believe SDC is uh, one of them. Um, and... Um, Retro Fandango, Hypecast, uh, the Gaming Pilgrimage Podcast, uh, Bonus Barrel, uh, and uh, the new Retro Holics. Is that what it's called? With the uh, replayability, added replayability. So those are on there for podcasts and uh, for bloggers. We have Dean. We have links to Sarka Sim and, and then she games. Uh, I didn't ask them, I just did it. So surprise. <laughs> um, as well as two local guys that uh, I don't know if they've actually written anything yet, but they're on there. Um, I know you guys have a blog as well. I didn't want to. I didn't ask you because I didn't, I didn't want to ask you to post uh, write new blogs to like I didn't want you to have to write the blog twice. Um, but if you want to, if you'd be up for it, I could. Uh, I'd be more than happy to have links to your blogs on the page as well. The same way we did with Sarkasim and uh, and then she games that. Because I didn't like same with them. I didn't want to ask them to write separate blogs for the page because I didn't want. It see, I don't. It seems like extra work. I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. No. Links are great. Cross pollination. Yes. Now yeah, is this so uh, is this the the final step that you'd like to see your the community uh, stay at, or is there a further evolution that you'd like to? eventually get to? Like, do you have a, a bigger picture in mind of what you'd finally like to do? We want... Uh, this is a step in the direction of... The community aspect is what we like the most, interacting with people, meeting people, um, making new friends. So we, we would like to get to the point where... Because um, right now it's set up that people who have uh, admin permission can upload videos to their pages and stuff like that. But we'd like to get to a point where uh, anybody could upload a video. We could you could watch it, where you could upload uh, video responses uh, right in the forms themselves to uh, games of the month or to Retro Fandango episodes. We would you know we would even like to have each one of the podcasts and blogs would they for each one of them to have their own section in the forms. You know we um, I, w- I would I would love to see the community grow um, and be. You know, something like RetroWare has got a great community. It's, it's got a great group of people. And Cartridge Club, we've been so lucky. The core people, like, we have not met a person, and there's not a person involved in the Cartridge Club that isn't fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, there's no there's no asshole of the group. I'm, I think I'm the closest thing to that. <laughs> so it's... Like, I hear all these horror stories of people on the Internet, all these bad experiences, and... I don't have any of that. Like, I have thoroughly enjoyed meeting, speaking to, and interacting with every single person that has, you know, um, come into the, the the club and 
I would love to just keep growing this land of happiness, which is probably, I guess, you know, the bigger you get, the the more opportunity you have for people that do suck. But that's a chance I'm willing to take because there's so so much good content, so much good quality shows and videos and and, and blogs from the people that I watch. I have stopped watching uh, the the big mass-produced channels now. I only we actually went through and trimmed down our uh, YouTube subscriber list. It's essentially just people from the Cartridge Club because the the quality, the entertainment is there, you know? Like, I listen to two um, podcasts that are produced, like, professionally, and it's because one of them is all about Nintendo and the other one is uh, uh, Kyle Bossman from Game Trailers, and I can't get enough of him. He's delightful. But other than that, everything I listen to and everything I watch is made by the people that are my friends, and it's I don't even watch like TV really anymore. It's entertaining, and I see people put a lot of work and a lot of effort into this. And I mean, every one of us, none of us, none of us are doing it to be famous. None of us are doing it to 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 be PewDiePie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I see the, the the content, I see quality products there, and it, it's got 49 views, or it's got you know. A uh, hundred downloads. It's like this is entertaining, and the people are taking the time out of their lives to do these, to produce this content. It needs to be seen by more people. And if the cartridge, if there was some way that, as a community, we could make that happen, that would make me. Yeah, that's what I would want. That's that would make me happy. I am really good at long answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was a great answer though. Well, yeah, you're the Kevin Smith of gaming. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we want to thank you uh, and your brother and the Cartridge Club for embracing us as we came on the scene, uh, as it were. Uh, we were just floundering along and, you know, keeping up with Kevin over at Buried on Mars. And I guess through him, you guys caught wind of us and uh, embraced yeah. us and really it's, helped us out. I love your show. Like, I'm not kidding. I listen to you guys more than any of your podcasts right now. And it's partly because I'm going through your backlog, but when I get in the car and I'm driving somewhere, the first thing I do is flip to my STC section of my podcast page um, to see which which episodes I'm on next to, you know, how long is the drive compared to how long the episode is. Um, and it's great. And even, it was I think it was two episodes ago, um, Joe was reading the description of a movie, I think it was. <laughs> and he was reading it right off the page and, and I was driving with Mrs. She was like, what what the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, STC podcast. This guy's just reading something off of YouTube, uh, reading something off of Wikipedia. And I was like, ah, no, they're talking about a movie. Like, She's like, this is the most boring shit I've ever heard. And as soon as he finished, you said, well, thanks for reading that, Joe. I appreciate that. And you, I'm sure it was exciting for all of our listeners. And she burst out laughing. She was like, are they in the car? <laughs> so funny. I uh, just, I don't know, moments, I get moments like that. I described your show once as... Uh, it's like if you put a microphone between two guys in a lunchroom, you know, having a having a chat at work, and that's it's so fresh and it's it's just this is you can tell these are you guys and your personalities are great. They work well together. They make me laugh, and uh, it's a great show. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad Kevin turned me on to you guys because uh, I can't get enough. Awesome! Thank you very much. That yeah. means a lot for sure. Everyone loves Joe reading. Joe. Oh, <laughs> 
can't memorize everything. Come on, guys. No, I, hey, man, you got to. I, I read. I, uh, you got to do it, right? <laughs> I try and steal his papers away from him when he comes to recording with uh, printouts. <laughs> we uh, well, might be big, but my brain's only big enough. <laughs> we, uh, we do outlines. You've seen the outlines, uh, Bill. We sent you the the one for the next show because it's good to. Uh, to just, I find if you don't have a little something to look at, it's so easy to drift off track, and then you, you know, you end off in the weeds somewhere, and it's hard to get back to the to the topic at hand. So, I definitely understand uh, having notes and uh, stuff like that. It makes sense. Yep, for sure. Oh, fuck, that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always love uh, when things go off the rails. Off the rails is the best for me. Yeah, Brad Rascals are off the rails a lot. I, they, uh, I don't know if I've heard anything. They're, uh, yeah, they're pretty. It's it's uh, uh, Ben Rowland and Anzi, um, and they uh, they they get derailed hourly. <laughs> it happens quite a bit. They're a good show. Uh, that's great, Joe. Do you have anything anything else you want to? Uh, really, the only question I wanted to finish off asking with was uh, if you could give one piece of collecting advice to uh, game collectors out there, what would that be? Um, focus. Don't uh, don't go out there. There's there's a lot to buy and there's a lot of prices and there's a lot of people trying to get one over on you. Just be focused. Um, know what you want and know how much you want to pay for it and stick to it. Don't uh, don't don't get hooked on the big deal. You know what I mean? It's uh, you're not going to Walmart seeing yellow sticky sale flowers all over the place and thinking, oh, I definitely need to get uh, you know, 85 new razors. It's uh, know what you want, know how much you want to pay for it, and and don't don't compromise with yourself. Good way to That's live life. Point. Yeah, it's we when I started it was when I started recollecting it was I'm just going to buy everything. I bought seven boxed NES games. It was like silent service and uh, all these games that I have I didn't want, I had no connection to, and I had no intention of playing. And I was like, "What a, the fuck am I doing?" Like, so now my collection. I, people come into my games room and they say, "Oh, this is not as much here as I thought there would be." But if you look at my collection, it's games that I either played as a child, um, and loved, or games that I wanted to play as a child that didn't have the opportunity to, and. Uh, it's not a lot, but it's quantity over quality. Sorry, quality over quantity. <laughs> so that's how I that's how I look at it. If I'm not going to play it, it's not staying on my shelf. That's what's so uh, so good about the Cartridge Club. You're you're going to tell me every month what game I need to go out and get <laughs> if I don't have it already, and I can be focused on that. Yeah. You know? And I can force myself to stick to that one title and play it and enjoy it or not. It's a great idea. It's a great concept. I'm glad you guys come up with it and are doing so well with it. Yeah, that was all my brother. He uh, he had that idea years and years before our channel even existed, and he just he's very shy and introverted, so he had no way to, to put it out there. Um, and it was it's it's a great. I can't believe I can't believe it hasn't been done before. To be honest, I can't like the 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 notion of a book club is not new, right? So. Uh, one of these days, maybe even Joe will uh, contribute. I'd love to listen, man. If Joe, if there's ever an episode you want to be on, just shoot me a message. Shoot me a message, and you're you're there. I will bump a guest for you. 
<laughs> I would never take someone's place, but I'd love to be on at one point. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, P1 of the Cartridge Bros, why don't you uh, tell the folks where they can find you and where your goods and wares are? Uh, right now, you can find us at www.cartridgebros.ca um, for now. And uh, other than that, uh, at Cartridge Bros on Twitter is probably the best spot to get a hold of me. Um, I tweet everything that we do there. Right. So even though it's Cartridge Bros, that's you, much like our Twitter feed, which is at STC Pod, which is me. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh we had to do a Cartridge Bro at Cartridge Bros P two for my brother. Um, he doesn't tweet a lot, so it's uh, sporadically active. He's been putting more out there recently. I've noticed. I I took my iMac over to his house, um, so now he has a computer that functions. A couple of years ago, he bought my Sony Vio from me, and uh, it, it freezes up now when he tries to do anything other than play Minesweeper. Um, so I I took my iMac over because I won't be using it for the next six months or so. So he's uh, really happy to have a functioning computer. Yeah, I'd like to know what that's like as I'm doing this on my daughter's computer. <laughs> <laughs> Door the Explorer stickers on it. <laughs> Minecraft. Uh, okay. <laughs> you got to stop spending all your money on those yard sales, Bill, and get yourself a good computer. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Well, winter's coming and no more yard sales. All right, Joe. Do your uh, spiel. Oh. No. Hold on, I, I gotta pull it up. I go pull a paper up here. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, uh, you can find us and follow us in the following places. Uh, we're on Twitter at STC Pod. Uh, that's the account that Bill handles. Follow me on Twitter at AC Decepticon. You can check out the Start to Continue website at www.stcpod.com. Uh, check out my blog at www.angrycaniedecepticon.blogspot.ca and go to YouTube at youtube.com slash start to continue and we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. And this shit goes up Friday mornings. 7 a.m. Always, without uh, incident or... But feel free to shoot us a line if it's not there. To, uh, Bill will take us. care of it if it's not there. After he's done watching cartoons. That's true. Oh. Man, well, P1, this has been uh, fracking awesome. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, I, you know, I did uh, I did did feel like I sort of forced my way on there tonight with my tweet, uh, but uh. <laughs> no, no, we've been looking to book you for a while. It's just our schedules are stupid. Yeah, no, this and is great. And you gave us the uh, the time you were off uh, the timeline, so I knew we had to crowbar you in there somewhere. <laughs> And I gave you, what, all of three hours' notice or something to uh, get ready? It's, it's more than enough. <laughs> well, uh, as a, we let our guests do, would you please, please do us the honor of signing us off? Oh, definitely. Uh, post it and post it.